You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Good morning, Gateway Church. Welcome and Merry Christmas. Man, we love you and thank you for joining us online. We are so glad that you are tuning in. Pastor Rachel just mentioned that we have an interactive Christmas Eve service planned for you, for your family, for your neighbors. And we want to encourage you that you can stop by the church on Tuesday afternoons and Thursday uh, Thursday evenings to pick up your candles for your family, for your neighbors that you will be inviting, and uh, that you will have an, an opportunity to interact with us. Well, this morning is our first service uh, in our Christmas series. I understand that we're online today, and I believe that there is a word from the Lord for you today, for our community, for our neighbors, for our families. And I want to just invite you to like and to share what God is doing right here, right now. I believe that it will make an impact in your life and in our community here in Ferrisburg and to the ends of the earth. As we start to roll this out, our Christmas series is called Christmas Wish List. And I'm curious, how many of you have ever made a wish list? Come on. If you've made a wish list, I know it's kind of a silly question. We all have made a Christmas wish list at one point or another. But this week I was thinking about it, that I grew up, and I know for some of you, the younger folks that might be watching, you don't remember this, but how many of you remember the JCPenney catalog or the Sears catalog that you would flip through and circle your wish list? Well, to these days, Things are a little different. And uh, this last week, my parents, by the way, they're online. Say hello to Dan and Judy Bay in Florida watching. They text me saying, hey, it's great to see you uh, while we were worshiping. But uh, they they were saying, hey, you need to make a wish list on Amazon. And I have never done that. I'm like, well, I've never done that, Mom and Dad. I'm not sure I could figure that out. Well, I figured it out. But my first initial thought to my parents was like, you know what, I don't really need anything. And then I even said, I don't even really want anything. But after digging a little bit into Amazon and just searching a little on Amazon, I was off to the races, let me tell you. In fact, I, it reminded me of being in China a few years back when we got busted and we couldn't smuggle Bibles in and out. At that point, all we could do, the guys that were with us on the trip, is we could shop. And for five days straight, we went to the markets. And at first, I was very content. But by the end of the week, I wanted all kinds of things. And I was thinking about our culture this week and reflecting on that. That the race is on, isn't it? And this, perhaps, this year, perhaps even more with the uncertainty that we feel as a church and as a community and as a, as for the United States and really worldwide. There's discontent. There's loneliness. 
There's a lot of time online. And let's just admit it, our screen time on our phones and our tablets has skyrocketed. But do you think any of that held back uh, the effectiveness of Black Friday and Cyber Monday in our wish list? According to the statistics, 174 million Americans shopped between Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday, Monday just last weekend and spent an average of over $335 per person. Cyber Monday alone, $10.8 billion was spent. The biggest e-commerce day in the history of the world. Totaling for those five days, over, two, or over $23 billion was spent in five days. Now, let me just uh, stop and ask, where did you get your best deal this past weekend online? Come on, I know that you're online. I know that you made a, a purchase or two. Where did you find the best? Now, don't give away your, what you got for your neighbors and for your friends or for your family. But, but seriously, where did you get your best deal? For me, it was Uncle Seiko's watches. And some of you are like, what in the world is that? Well, I bought a new Seiko watch recently, and I wanted a new band. And Seiko, uh, Uncle Seiko uh, sells some straps, and they were not only on clearance, but then an additional 25% off with $4 shipping. I had to buy it. That's just how it works, isn't it? And I know that you have a story as well. And a lot of those purchases over those five days were related to gift giving. I know that. Related to our wish list. And this morning I want to just dig in to talk a little bit about our giving this season. We talk about Christmas as the gift giving season. And I believe it's God's nature inside of each of us to give, to be generous. But I want to challenge our thinking this morning with a few ideas. The first idea is this, that the biggest gifts or the best gifts are not those that fulfill a want, but those gifts that meet a need. So what I'm saying is it's not a wish list, but a need list. What do we need? The greatest gifts do not meet wants, but meet needs. And really, that's a theme throughout this 2020 Christmas season here at the Gateway Church. I want to pause for a moment. What can you do this season to meet a need? Would you join the church in giving? We partner with local ministries across the lakeshore, and we are doing that in particular with Love in Action and Love uh, in the Name of Christ um, in Muskegon and in Grand Haven. And uh, we are providing for you today, and we'll be sending it by, uh, by on Facebook, of course, but also in your email. And uh, we want you to participate with us uh, to, to meet some needs in our community. When I saw the list of needs that will be posted a little later today, on that list of needs was that there were needs for boots for children. And man, my heart just kind of sank. With pastor appreciation money from the previous month, I bought a new pair of boots, and I spent a considerable amount of money because I like nice things. And, and I was thinking, I saw on this list, I'm saying, man, I have got to 
buy a pair of boots for someone else this Christmas. And when you look at that list, maybe something's going to pop off the page, and we want to engage and we want to encourage you to be meeting a needs. Let's meet needs. Can somebody say, let's meet needs? We got the worship team here. Thank you for participating. <laughs> that is great. And you can drop those things off, and we will get those to Love in Action or Love in the Name of Christ up, up in Muskegon or in Grand Haven. Tuesday afternoons when you pick up your candles for our interactive candlelight service. Thursday evenings uh, from, uh, from 6 to 8, we're going to be here as well. And you can drop off things and, and do the same. But the, the idea here is that we must be meeting needs this season. You might be questioning, well, what about the needs of the people inside of our church, right? What about the things that we could do one for another as well? And we are created, we've created an online connection form on our website that we want you to interact with us. If you have a need in this season, we will take those and we'll keep your name anonymous, but we will share that with the people here at the Gateway Church. And I just believe that as needs come forward, there will be connections and needs are going to be met all over the lakeshore. That's what we should be doing because the best gifts are not just meeting wants, but it's meeting needs. And so would you join us in our initiative this season, 2020, Let's Meet Needs? Now let's get back to the message. We're talking about gift giving, right? And talking about meeting needs or meeting wants. And I am curious if you think about meeting a need and you think, well, how could I meet a need? What would that gift look like? For some of us, we got to go back to the drawing board and really rethink what are we going to give this Christmas? And I have a question for you. What if we could give the greatest need, the need or the gift of peace. What if this year you could give the gift of peace? It would be the perfect size. There would be no returns, right? And it would be meeting a need. There would be no cost. It would be better than that knitted sweater that maybe you were going to get or give. And, uh, and I'm thinking, how would you give or receive the gift of peace? And some of us, our brains are spinning, like, what would that look like? And, and I'm thinking, if you need a gift idea in regards to peace, my mind goes to the idea of the gift of forgiveness that can be received or given. Because when there's forgiveness, it will result in peace. I believe forgiveness received and given will absolutely, every time, result in in peace. And so I want to talk about that for a moment. There's a common phrase that we say to each other in greeting in the Christmas season. We say, Merry Christmas, right? Ho, 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 Merry Christmas. But unfortunately, Christmas is not merry for many. And especially this year. Let's just be honest. There's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of disruption. 2020 has been a hard year. There's been a lot of ups and downs, confusion and chaos. And, and there are a lot of people that are not happy, not merry. And you say, well, why? It's because they don't have a lot of peace, and especially this year. And it's affecting everyone, even yours truly. It's affecting me and my family as well. We've wrestled with this. And I want you to know, you are not alone. 
and you top on all of that, the normal holidays that come and go, that there is tension oftentimes stirred up in the Christmas and Thanksgiving season. That's often caused by unsettled histories within your families and with those that you work with and those that you rub shoulders with. And unfortunately, in many cases, there is unforgiveness that is seen at the holiday season. And when unforgiveness is, settles in and it begins to fester, it does not just stay in a small seed form. It grows into bitterness. Ugly, gross, disgusting bitterness. And unfortunately, this depicts the relationship our relationship with others, and often those that are closest to us. And when there's bitterness, when there's unforgiveness, it results in a lack of peace. There's also a lack of peace in many people's lives due to the fact that they have not been forgiven themselves by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas is not merry unless Jesus is in the mix. Can I get an amen? Merry Christmas without forgiveness is not a reality. In church, as, this, as I've been thinking about this and meditating on this, there's a story in God's Word that really caught my attention. It's not really a Christmas story, but I want to use it to bring some truth out for us this season. The story is found in John chapter 8, verses 2 through 11. You can kind of mark that down and read that on your own time. Let me give you an idea of what's happening. Jesus is at the temple. He's preaching. He's gathering with a group of people. He's teaching the, the law. And while Jesus is speaking, the teachers and the law, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, they bust in, totally disrespect what's happening, and they bring, they drag a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And when you study caught in the act, so just imagine she was in the act with another man, and they caught her, dragged her out, she's exposed, and they bring her, place her right in front of Jesus and the rest of the group. And the Pharisees say, this woman according to the law, should be stoned to death. And they asked Jesus, what do you say, Jesus? And then, of course, in verse 6, it says that they're trying to trap Jesus. You say, well, what does Jesus do? I mean, he's interrupted. There's this lady half-dressed that's been exposed. What does he do? He bends down, right? He begins to draw in the sand, and, and, just, and, and we don't know what he says as he's writing. The Pharisees keep at him, and all of a sudden Jesus speaks up and he says, let anyone who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And then Jesus bends down again and is writing in the sand again. And it's interesting. What happens? One by one. It says the, olders, the older ones leave first, but then they all leave, leaving just Jesus and this woman in the midst. What is this saying to us? It really leads us to our first point that Jesus, uh, that, that, I'm sorry, that everyone needs the gift of forgiveness. Every single one of us 
need the gift of forgiveness. What did, the, what did the woman deserve in this story? She deserved to be stoned according to the letter of the law. What do we deserve? We deserve total destruction, right? And if there's any doubt, we can go to God's Word. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages or the cost of sin is death. It's destruction. We know that. But then it says, But the gift of God, that's forgiveness, is eternal life. The gift of God is eternal life, but the wages of sin is death. And what's interesting to me is that everyone needs the gift of forgiveness, and that we know that inside of us. Even a little child knows that. When they've messed up, when they've made a mistake, what do, what do kids often do? They will hide their face, or they'll go run away, or they'll, they'll hide underneath the sheets of their bed, right? Everybody needs the gift of forgiveness. Well, how does the story continue, right? Well, Jesus then says, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? It's just her and Jesus there. And, and Jesus saying, look, there's no one left. And the woman responds, no one, sir. Then Jesus says, then neither do I condemn you. That leads me to the second point that God wants to give the gift of forgiveness. In fact, it's the essence of Christianity. You might think that condemnation, this is what I have coming, but look what the Word of God says. In John 3, 17, one of the most overlooked verses in Scripture, it's right after John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, right? But in John 3, 17, it says, God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. So instead of Jesus condemning us, Jesus was actually condemned for us. Forgiveness is the main thing Jesus was born to do. Christmas is all about forgiveness. Peace on earth is all about Jesus and the way he forgives each and every one of us. This story in John chapter 8 is a story about saving and forgiving, the forgiving power of our Heavenly Father. You say, well, well, we need the gift of forgiveness. God wants to give it to us. What happens next in the story? It, Jesus says to the woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She responds, no one, sir. That's just you and me, Jesus. And then Jesus says something that is so important. He says, then neither do I condemn you. Now, the story could have stopped right there, but it doesn't. Look at it. In verse 11, Jesus then says to this woman, go and sin no more. Go now and leave your life of sin. This is huge. This is where I want to focus in for the last little bit. And really our third point, that God's gift of forgiveness will change your life, period. God's gift of forgiveness will change your life. Isn't that true? Haven't you experienced that? Let me ask you a question. How has the gift of God changed your life? 
Seriously. We sang the song earlier, chains fall, uh, you know, fear gone. But how has God changed your life? I want to ask you right here, just take a second, answer, maybe even just with a one-word answer. You know, what comes to mind when you think of how has God changed your life? Has there, is there freedom? Is there love? Is there joy? Is there a second chance? It's undeserved. There's, there's a lot of things that could come to mind. I want to encourage you, just write that in the comments right here. Share that with someone, that someone needs to hear how Jesus and the gift of God has changed your life. In the story, Jesus said, go and sin no more. Some people try to redo this in reverse. They say, well, I will come to church or I will tune in once I get my life right, right? I'm going to clean up my life and then I'll come to church. No, Jesus says, come as you are. The church is for the, the sick, not the healthy. Come as you are and then receive forgiveness. See, this opens a door for God to do something really awesome in your life. Forgiveness. Not only were you forgiven, but according to Scripture, we are encouraged to forgive just like Jesus forgave us. And he commanded us to do the same for others. We get to model it as well. We forgive because Christ forgave us. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you've got a copy of God's Word, to Ephesians chapter 4. The background of this story here in Ephesians 4 is that Paul is writing to the church, right? And people are in the church of Ephesus. These were not unbelievers. Jesus is talking to believers. He's talking to the church. He's talking to, to people that should know better. But what he's doing, he's giving some instruction on how to live a God-honoring life. If you want to, if you expect, if you want to live a God-honoring life or you aspire to do so, listen to what he says. Verse 25, he says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down when you're still angry. And do not let the devil have a foothold. In verse 29, he says, And do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for the building up according to those uh, their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And then in verse 31, look what it says. Paul is talking to believers. He says, Get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of rage. Get rid of malice of brawling, of slander. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ has forgiven you. Then it goes on in chapter 5, follow the example of Christ, right? Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ has loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering as a sacrifice to God. The question that comes to my mind is, okay, you see this, but what if you decided not to agree with Paul or agree with Jesus as he says to forgive as I've forgiven? 
What if you decided to overlook the encouragement of God's Word? What would that look like if you ignored the thoughts of Paul? And I'm going to ask Liz to come and to help me. But it, it would look like unforgiveness, wouldn't it? Because the Word says to forgive. The opposite of that is unforgiveness. And what I want you to know here as we bring this message to a close is that unforgiveness is like a heavy debt. It's like overspending at Christmas time and regretting it in January. You feel the weight in January when you have unforgiveness. Uh, debt is like a weight that weighs you down. And there are so many verses that, that come to my mind in, in Matthew 18, 21 through 35, talking about the unmerciful servant, that we must forgive our brothers and sisters. In Matthew chapter 5, though, I want to just look at a couple of these. Matthew 5, 23 through 24, it says, if you have a, an issue with your brother or sister, it says, leave your gift at the altar and go and make it right even before you worship. That's how important forgiveness is, one for another. In Matthew 6, it's the Lord's Prayer. It says, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. But in verse 14 and 15, right after the Lord's Prayer, look what it says. It says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, look what it says, your Father will not forgive your sin. So if you disregard what's happening, if you say, oh, I'll deal with it later, or I'll take it to the grave, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to this offense, or I'm going to hold on to this unforgiveness, this bitterness, I'll just take it to the grave. Listen, there's no unforgiveness in heaven. You won't make it to heaven according to Scripture. Your Father will not forgive you if you can't forgive your brother and sister. And so my encouragement is deal with it today. Luke chapter 6, another great set of verses. Verse 37 says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. And then it says, Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Then it goes on, give, and it will be given unto you. The idea there is that if you forgive, you'll be forgiven. With the measure that you forgive, you will also be forgiven. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. This is where we see the truth of God's Word. Church, when you live with light accounts, not carrying around unforgiveness, when you have light accounts, it results in real peace. And that's exactly what we need this season, isn't it? You and I both. If forgiveness is given, and if forgiveness is received, it will absolutely transform your life. It's the power of the gospel. I believe forgiveness is the main thing that Jesus was born to give us. So why not receive the gift of forgiveness from our Heavenly Father, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And not only receive it, but why don't we 
give the gift of forgiveness this season. It's the perfect time to let go. Yes, it will cost you something. And I understand that the pain is real and the sacrifice to let an offense go, to let the bitterness do you like water under a bridge, it's going to cost you something. But look at Jesus' example. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? He gave his prized possession, his one and only son, Jesus, at Christmas, the greatest sacrifice of all he gave for you and for me. As we bring this message to a close, my question to you is, what is on your wish list this year? We all have a list, right? My heart for you is to wake up, repent, and receive Christ. The, the end is near. We've talked about it in this season. We believe that Jesus is coming back for the church. So we need to repent. We need to accept the free gift of salvation, that forgiveness that it comes from Jesus, comes from Him, what He's done for us. But we also need to forgive our brothers and our sisters. That's what we really need, isn't it? See, we started this series, and we'll talk about this each week, that the best gifts are not meeting wants, but meeting needs. This year, you may have the need to get your life right with Jesus. And today is your day. Or you may need the gift of forgiveness in a relationship, in your family, in your work situation, in your neighborhood. I don't know. And I just believe that forgiveness will lead to perfect peace. Do you need peace this season? Receive Christ and give the gift of forgiveness. I want to pray for you, and then we're going to worship and, and, and let the Lord really seal these times in our lives. Lord, I pray right now for those that are online, that are watching, that need your free gift of salvation. It's a gift of forgiveness that is provided for you and for me. And Lord, right now I pray that there will be people listening that will call out on your name. Say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. And when you call on the name of Jesus, the Bible says that you will be saved. You put your faith in him. You're calling out, Jesus, I need you. If you need forgiveness in that way, just right where you are, whether you're by yourself or you're with maybe your family, just say under your breath or even say it out loud, Jesus, I need you. There have been people praying for you that you would respond in this, in this season. 2020 has been a crazy year, but wouldn't it be great to finish the year by receiving Jesus as your personal Savior? Oh God, I pray that people are doing that right now, right here. Second to that, I want to speak to you. For those of you that are hanging on to 
unforgiveness. Maybe there's a situation in your family that has been difficult, that you just haven't been able to release, you haven't been able to let it go. Well, the truth is, it's like carrying around a bag of, of presents that are heavy, like bricks. If you were Santa Claus carrying a, 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 a list of, of presents and never giving those away, like you'd always have that weighing you down. It's like a debt. And this morning, you can be free. The Spirit of God will help you to release the offense, to give forgiveness to those that are closest to you. And I understand it's not easy. It's a sacrifice. It's going to cost you something. So for some, you're going to have to be the first to admit that maybe you were wrong. For you to admit that you, you've, got, you've done some things where that you need to make right. But today is a day of forgiveness. Because I believe more than ever, right now in our community, in your household, you need forgiveness. You need peace to cover your home, to cover your situation. This morning, the peace of God, the peace that comes with Christmas, comes with your ability to say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And I just believe that in this moment, there's someone that's coming to mind that you need to make that relationship right. You've been bitter long enough. Today, you're responding. You're saying, Lord, I'm giving it all to you all to you. See, as we've talked about this, what we've done, we've talked about our relationship with God first. That's our vertical relationship. But then it's also our relationship with others. It's the perfect picture. The picture of the cross. And the cross at Christmas is what really makes the difference. It's what you really need. I need the cross, the power of the cross to forgive and to forgive others forgiven and to forgive others. And so, Lord, I pray that in these next few moments, as we let that settle in, I pray that you would do a mighty work. I pray, God, that even as we worship again here together, I pray that we would sense your presence, that you would do a great thing. What's on your wish list this year? What's on my wish list is the peace of God comes through forgiveness. Let's worship the Lord together. Hallelujah. Yeah. Church, I heard a story this week about a man that was struggling to forgive his dad for some abuse that had happened when he was a kid. And this man wanted to forgive his dad so badly because it was really holding him back in his life, but he didn't feel like he could call his dad and make that connection. And he told the story that somebody encouraged him to write a note to his dad, be as honest as he possibly could, write the note, and then 
this kind of caught me by surprise, to take the note and rip it up and throw it away. But it was the act of writing and then saying, I release this, that he was able to forgive his dad. For some of you, you can pick up the phone today and have a conversation with a person that maybe has hurt you or where you're holding on to some bitterness. For others, maybe you could write a note and maybe even send the note if it's appropriate. But I promise you this, what the world needs right now is the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, the Bible says. That's what we need in our families. We need the peace of God in our church. We need the peace of God in our community, in the neighborhood where we live here. And to the ends of the earth, the peace of God is what we need. And I believe that as we wrestle with forgiveness, receiving and giving, in 2020, Christmas, we could give the gift of peace. We could give and receive the gift of forgiveness. And I believe that it will transform our lives. Father, I pray now that as we settle with these thoughts, Lord, as we let these things really work inside of us, I pray that it would transform us from the inside out. And God, we give you the praise. We give you all the glory. And now this week, I pray for everyone that's tuning in, Lord, that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people online said amen and amen. What's the biggest takeaway that you're going to take away this week? Why don't you comment before you get off? And uh, God bless you. Go in the grace of God. We love you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.